Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Boyd Varty. Boyd has spent his life in apprenticeship to the wisdom of nature and was born to a family of conservationists surrounded by the people and animals who were part of the Varty family's dream to restore Eden. He grew up in the African wilderness and shared his home with lions, leopards, snakes, and elephants. As a university student, he studied psychology and ecology, supplementing his education by learning martial arts in Thailand, hiking through the jungles of the Amazon, and apprenticing himself to the renowned tracker from the Shangan tribe to deepen his intimate knowledge of the natural world. Boyd grew up speaking the local language and learning the true meaning of coexistence between people and with nature. Today, he works with individuals, groups, and businesses to bring lessons from the wild to the contemporary world. So welcome to the podcast, Boyd. I'm so delighted that we're able to have this conversation today. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. So tell me this, the work that you're doing now, I know it's a combination of uh, doing work at the the game reserve that you and your family own and also your own work. Can you tell us about that and, and how, how your own work evolved out of, out of the family business? Yeah, absolutely. There was, I feel like my work has been very centrally, centrally informed by the place that I grew up. I grew up at a place called Londolozi Game Reserve. It's a reserve that has been in my family for four generations. And the way that the reserve began was in 1926, my great-grandfather bought it as a hunting operation. And for three generations, it, it that's what... Uh, people were involved in here. And then in my father and mother's generation, they set about with a vision to restore the natural world. And that came with this idea to partner with the land, to begin to think of the animals as their kin. And as they started that process, the the land started to respond and suddenly they started to see more animals. And as they started to see more animals, more people would start to come to the lodge operations to enjoy them. And and that, that really grew up out of this relationship with the natural world, came a business that is now renowned in the world. It's an international brand. It's a business that has been the number one operation in the world, according to Condé Nast. And what we see here at Londolozi is a place that has been restored, a place where the restoration of our relationship with nature has come to life. And as it's done that, it's become an employer of hundreds of rural people, it's it's uh, providing a huge social impact. It's providing an Im- economic impact. It's providing an emotional and spiritual impact, and that is really the environment that I grew up in. And I always thought that I would grow up to be a conservationist, but 
at some point I realized that personally um, the restoration that the impact of restoration that I was interested in making would come out of uh, shifts in the way people lived and shift in human consciousness. And so then my work sort of branched off out of uh, the restoration of the land into working with people to help them get in touch with nature, with their own true nature, uh, with a more natural way of being and, and living lives and running businesses that had a dimension of connection to self, connection to the natural world and with social endeavors that would also uplift the people around them. And so that's become very central to my work now as a coach, as a storyteller. Um, another interesting part of the story is that while, while I was working as a safari guide, one of the, the catalytic factors that took my personal life into this uh, direction of working with people in transformational ways in personal development was while still working as a safari guide, uh, I met this amazing woman who would become my mentor, and, and she was a ex-Harvard professor. Uh, I think we both know her, Martha Beck. <laughs> and, and I took her tracking. I took her to track a rhino one day. And in the process of tracking, she looked at me and she said, you know, you and I do the same thing. I said, what? She said, the way you track an animal is the way I help someone at the process by which you track an animal. It's the same to the process by which I help someone track their purpose. And so then this sort of this alchemy uh, arose there. She began to teach me uh, how to help people track their purpose. And I began to teach her tracking. And, and all of it was informing a vision for what my work would become. So that's sort of the story of how I came to it. Mm. Well, um, I mean, there's certainly been a profound transformation in the land that Long Delosi sits on. I know that when your family arrived there, um, it was quite decimated from, um, I believe, cattle and sheep had been on the land. Is that right? Cattle farming, cattle yes. Cattle farming. So, um, I mean, it's undergone this incredible transformation. And, and similarly, your work has undergone this significant transformation as well through working with Martha and, and uh, really bringing your own work into into fruition. Yeah, absolutely. There's a... What I see now is a profound link um, that will occur in the field of restoration, the, the, the restoration of wild places, but also the restoration of our spirit. And I think that certainly what I'm working towards is, is a business that reflects that idea and helping people uh, find where that exists for them personally and where they can bring that idea of a deeper value running through their business and, and helping to get that value of restoration, of reconnection, of a deeper meaning to what they're doing to reflect into the work they do. So how does that manifest in people's lives as you're working with them? Is is I mean, you've, you've spoken about restoration several times. What what are people being restored to in in practical terms, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think that some of you know, I, I sort of think of it like this. In a, in a society where the individual self is disconnected from the greater whole, the search for meaning is reduced to how the individual self is doing in comparison. You know, so that would be, that's one example. In, so some of my work is to help people belong uh, to a greater environment and to consider themselves as a part of a greater environment. And it's everything that 
the cult, the modern day culture pushes pushes us against. You know, the whole the whole dynamic of consumerism is to beat out everyone else. But in some ways, that connects you, disconnects you from yourself, and disconnects you from other people. And I'm of the mindset that if you can find a way to reconnect with yourself, if you can find out what's actually meaningful to you, uh, what's what brings you joy, and then you can start to sculpt a business environment around that deep self-knowledge, uh, around being much more in touch with yourself, then whatever you bring yourself to manifests as uh, more meaningful, uh, more authentic. Uh, if you know what's truly meaningful and important to you, other people can get on board with your vision. They can feel a true passion to it. They can feel the drive coming from a deep place. And I feel like that allows people to to step into being in alignment with your vision as opposed to just doggedly going forward with what you should to beat everyone else out. So mine is to bring a more holistic approach to yourself and then let that reflect into the work you do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's such profound work, especially in, I know you've been working with larger organizations as well, right? You've been working with large companies to some yeah, extent. Well, and one of the things that we're seeing a lot of in our work is that some of the the biggest companies uh, out there are one of the core things that they're trying to do is attract young talent. And the millennial generation is in a place where their whole inclination is towards being involved in meaningful causes. They're extremely ecologically minded. Um, they, they're obsessed with impact, social, emotional, and ecological. And so their whole modality of, of work that they want to be involved in is changing. And so some of these bigger companies has become, have been coming to us to say, we realize that in order to attract talent, I mean, very hard nosed business proposition, we need good people. We have to be an environment, uh, that is attractive to you, to that type of person. And we have to be a company with a social conscious and with a vision that is about making change in the world. And so that journey in big companies always begins with individuals starting to get more in touch with themselves. And then out of those individuals getting in touch with what's more meaningful to them, the company being able to start to have a conversation about what they're actually doing, and more importantly, how they're actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, having worked in a large corporate environment myself, that is so needed. It's it's uh, fine. There's a disconnection often that uh, happens within a large organization, and to see companies now being willing to step into that kind of conversation, for whatever the reason is, I think it's still beneficial. Yeah, absolutely, and I feel like the. Uh you know, it, it used to be that sort of, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm sure you would have seen this, that there, there were places when human resources were sort of off to the side of the core business. And I feel like now the values are really having to be brought into the core business um, as a means of strengthening the business. And, and even here in our own business, one of the things we've seen here at Londolozi is that um, – all of the work, we've always been very socially minded. We've, we've always had a foundation associated with us. We've always worked hard to make sure that the people who work here are a part of the Londolozi family, are connected to the vision, 
see the benefits uh, through various different offerings that we give. Um, we've always made sure that we're connected to causes in the area. We have a tracker academy that uplifts local people in the area. We provide education. We provide healthcare, and you know it used to be that those were nice to have. But we have really seen that it's created an atmosphere in our business uh, that has made us extremely competitive. It's created an environment that guests want to return to. It's deepened the meaningful nature of our experience. Our experience has so many more dimensions than just being a luxury safari operation. It's allowed for emotional connections that run very deep uh, to occur with our guests who come and stay here. They, they believe in the movement, they feel connected to the vision of Londolozi. And what we're seeing is at certain times of the year, up to 40% repeat business in our operation uh, because of all that we're doing on what may have been deemed at some point the soft and woolly front, but it is it is really transitioned out of being the soft and woolly into core values that have made us a, a competitive, very competitive, and have made us something which people can be proud of and which we can be proud of. So you now I really feel the shift in the business environment towards that as a means of differentiating yourself because I believe that in the future people are going to be very connected to brands in which they can experience and feel the value of the values reflected. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can speak to that myself having been to Londolozi and just hearing about the way that you've chosen to evolve the business. And uh, I've done, I've done entrepreneur education, even among your staff, which is a kind of an extraordinary thing when you think about the fact that they're employees, and yet you're offering them the opportunity to be educated about uh, being entrepreneurs. Um, and I, I know that you've been in, in conversation too about developing a, a village kind of model. Is that something that is it premature? Or is that something you can talk about a little bit? No, I, I would love to talk about that, but I, I may actually just want to touch on what you've said there and maybe ask you a question. Um, when you first came to visit us and you came on one of the retreats, uh, and then you returned and you've, and you've run this amazing entrepreneur training program. Uh, to me, that's sort of a mark of what we're trying to achieve. I mean, the fact that you came and felt compelled enough to return to us and offer in a very rural African environment your, you know, this incredible entrepreneur training. But I think it's more the fact that the business and the environment and the people, we're open to receiving that information. And you can see it's an environment that um, that receives that. And I feel like, you know, that has bound us together in a deeper way. And I, and mm -hmm. I sort of feel like that's a great example of what I've just been sort of uh, banging on about. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel, I, I think of Londolozi often and in a, and very fondly, I have had the most extraordinary experiences there. And I, I think that is part of what you're speaking about in your, in how you talk about um, Londolozi is a business. It does connect people. It does. I mean, I've met extraordinary people there. I've, I've, stood outside of a, of a, of a building and scratched out a business plan with a, with a stick in the dirt. And not to say that there's not uh, high level services there, but it was just an, an, a chance encounter. And I've sat in, in uh, this, in this small, um, uh, I guess, 
a hut really in the in the village which is has ubuntu written on the side which I know you can speak more to but it's an african word that uh, i understand is meaning i am because you are speaking to our interconnectedness having a meeting and then having um having some uh uh, baboons run by, and uh, it's just the most extraordinary experience. And I, I personally do feel very connected to to Londolozi because of that, and and also because of the the interest in receiving what uh, what I'm able to offer. So it's quite an extraordinary um, relationship there, certainly for me, and and I know for others too. And to me, that goes to the second question there. You know, we have said that we want to be a futuristic African village. Um, we want, and that breaks down in two ways, the hardware and the hardware. The hardware is putting in sustainable practices uh, that make us, that put us in harmony with nature, solar, water recycling, waste removal, all of those practices. And we're on the road of doing that. The hardware is about human connection and what I call the village consciousness. And and what you've just described is an example of that. It's you come here as a guest, but very quickly you realize there's something for you to share. Uh, it's informing your work in some way. The baboons run past, so we're in harmony with the animal. We're amongst <laughs> the animals. There's interesting things unfolding. But to me, the, the openness to connection and to be a place where possibilities can occur, where um, ideas can be shared, where skills can be openly shared in unexpected ways. That is the magic of a village. And, and my work in creating village environments in companies is very central to that idea of if we can get in touch with ourselves and be open and, and be in a safe environment, a connected environment, if we can foster a culture of openness, uh, then amazing things can happen. The, and people can express their unique talents and they can bring what's unique about them into the environment. And then these connections travel in ways you could never have imagined. You know, even the fact that we're on this call now and there's someone out there going to listen to this and it's traveling all the time through us, you know. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, it, it just lights me up to see how it travels once you open to that environment. Mm -hmm. I know it's, it's really quite an amazing thing. And I, I, uh, I so appreciate the way you've talked about creating a village environment in companies. That is such a, we spend so much time in our work and work is an important aspect of what we do, not just to learn, not just to earn money, but to create some form of self-expression as well as contributing something as well. So um, that's a really great, aspect that you bring. You, you mentioned something, uh, you mentioned values as well when you were talking and have your, how would you describe um, how your values have informed your business, your personal values? Because I, I feel that impact having, making a positive contribution is, is so much informed by the values that we hold, whether conscious or unconscious. And the more we can make them conscious, the more we can apply those values. So could you speak to that a little bit in, in terms of what you, how your values have come to inform your business? Uh, yes, I think that, you know, it took me some time to 
really refine what was important to me. And there was also maybe a, a paradoxical place where I, you know, where I didn't want to be self-absorbed. You know, whenever in my, in the work that I've done as Boyd Varty, um, one never wants to be, uh, self-obsessed with oneself, you know, and say like, okay, you know, whenever you're building a personal brand, there's this sort of awkward thing of first having to really get to know yourself and really working out what you have to offer. Uh, and I think that 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 certainly took me some time to work out what it was that I was really trying to get at. And I think there was early on, speaking quite honest, honestly, uh, there was some imitation to what I thought I should be doing as um, as a coach and as someone who wanted to make change. And it really took me some time to get down to what was core to to me and and to realize that for me. Uh, the art of tracking was central to what I wanted to share. Um, transformation in any way, I, I landed in this place where I, I understood that everywhere I went, I just wanted to make it a little bit better. Um, I, I found my own passion as a storyteller, and I started to realize the power of stories. And, and, then, and then underneath all of that was that this very deep desire to be involved in anything that was restorative to the human spirit or the natural world. And so it was a, it was definitely a journey to discover what the values were. And then the next phase of that became, well, how do I express these? You know, what, how do I now start to work out how to bring these to life? Um, and so, so it's been, it's certainly been a process to get under the things that I thought were important to the things that were actually really important to me and to find an, an authentic way of expressing that. And, you know, one of the things that happened for me was um, just really start, I think, uh, here's a, a way of saying it. I think for a while I was crippled by the feeling of the scale that I wanted to do things on. And I, it took me a little while to release the burden of thinking this is not big enough, what I'm, what, what I'm doing is not big enough, and really, and really focus on the value of working in small groups first and, and allowing for those small connections and uh, doing things that were fun to me. That was another thing that, that arose. You know, one of the th things that I wanted to, to create was environments that were transformational because they were fun. They were not overly earnest. And so then I had to find some of the things that were fun to me and share them. And so all, all that to say, it's the more in touch I get with myself, the more I find what I enjoy the more I find the things that are exciting and fun to me, the more I discover um, an energy, and the more I live in that energy state of enthusiasm, of fun, of enjoyment, not offering what I think clients will want, but what's truly fun to me, what's central to me, what, what's transformative to me, that's where I found the real traction develop. Um, in, in this really strange way, you know, I, I spend so much time thinking like, this is what I should be offering. and it, it wasn't even things that I necessarily enjoyed. It just was out of some kind of playbook. And now that I'm really in touch with what I like to do, it's I'm finding naturally the values are there. Naturally the value is there. Naturally the interest is there. Naturally the joy and the curiosity. And then that's translating into the retreat spaces, into the speaking spaces, into the storytelling spaces. So, Yeah, and, and you thank you for speaking to that because I, I think it's such an important thing that – 
a lot of entrepreneurs and and you starting your own business were a starting entrepreneur it's even without even with your your family ex- business experience but still the it's a personal journey of really moving from uh, imitation it's like artists who start out uh painting like another artist they admire um just as a way to begin and then you start to explore what is it that's important to you? And then, and then your business evolves, starts to evolve in a very organic and personal way because you're bringing more and more of yourself authentically into what it is that you're, you're offering. And, and I think too, Boyd, the, what you said about starting with a big vision, but starting to implement it on a small scale is so important. I, I think people have often in this topic of impact they people have such a big vision of what they would like to do and it's 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 almost paralyzing because you you don't know where to begin it's it is it can be and it has been for me at at times totally paralyzing and and what helped me as a tracker was you know when you when you track an animal out in the wilderness there's this beautiful creature is somewhere out in this six million acres of wilderness and and you have to you have to know it's out there and have a sense of what you're following but then you need the first track and then you need the next track and then you need the next track and you, and you can't get let go of what that creature might be doing somewhere out there but you've got to keep working on the next track and for me breaking things down into really small steps was a was a critical learning uh and it took me a while to get there because I come from a family of, you know, of big visionaries. So to have the big vision, but then to know what the small, the first track is, the first step, that's been a big thing. And then, and then just to sort of revisit what you were saying, it's amazing to me how businesses will form around your energy. And, and the more authentically and in touch with yourself, the more enjoyment, the more uh, passion, the more the less by the other people's rules you're playing and the more by your rules you're playing. That's how the culture and the form of the business starts to take shape around you. And, and I think, uh, uh, you know, around that idea of self-care, what's, what's amazing, what, when you take good care of your own energy field, it's going to reflect into your business in ways that you can't imagine. And how have you found that for yourself when you're, um, have, have you gone through periods where, you maybe haven't focused so much on self-care and as compared to times when you have, how do you see the differences in, in how you feel and how your business evolves? Well, well I'll give you one really funny example. Uh, Cause, and maybe, maybe it's only funny to me, but I, you know, I would, I would be at work. I would be at work doing all the, the things that you should do to be busy and drive a business and do all these really like, you know, this is so important. This is work. And then occasionally I would get out and go and adventure and do something that seemed, you know, oh gosh, I, I, and I would feel guilt because I'm like, now I'm leaving my work to go and do this thing that's really enjoyable to me. And, you know, the, the, it would follow me around like, oh gosh, there's so much work to be done. And here I am, you know, hiking up a mountain or, or tracking a lion or I'm out recreating. I should be at work. And the paradox of that was, Whenever I ended up at speaking events, I, end, I never ended up speaking about uh, the email that I got on top of. I always ended up speaking about 
these amazing encounters I had had in nature right. or these adventures I had gone on. Or, and I realized that you know, what people were looking for were what was central to my business was the things that I, were fe- I felt guilty doing. And I realized that part of my self-care was to be interesting, was to be curious, was to give myself a lot of space to go and do the things that lit me up, that intrigued me, that grew me. Because any time I was doing that, I was actually not away from work. I was working for the business. Because all of that, filling yourself up with interesting things of engagement was going to translate in ways that I couldn't imagine to the business. And staying up all night, catching up with 300 emails or you know, getting <laughs> through the management accounts, well, you know, that was – it's important, but it was not what was uniquely going to shape the culture and what we had to offer. And so that was a big learning curve for me too, to, to realize when I was looking after myself, I was working for the business, not away. I was not stepping away from it. I was actually at work in 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 a deeper way. You said something so profound there that that self restoring kind of process. It's not. It's not even just that it restores your energy, but it's integral to what you offer because it's integral to you. That is. I mean, I really believe that that's where you're going to find. When you start to work out what you really enjoy, what really touches you, what you find beautiful, what moves in you, what compels you, and the way to find that is to, is to go out and, and live and notice and see and feel, that is, that is going to be the, the fertile ground for the expression of something truly unique. When you start to synthesize all of the unique things that touch you in a unique way and you know, grinding it out, there's a place for it, but it's not going to be the thing that sets you apart. And so I'm a big believer in helping people to attend to the thing that lights them up, to the thing that brings them to themselves, to, to help them to go out and track in life for the things that really touch them because somewhere within that is going to be the core of something you need to share. (laughs) That is so great. Uh, You also said giving yourself space to do that. It's so important because we can get so caught up in the minutia of our businesses. As you said, staying up all night, responding to emails, it's, it's singularly important to give yourself the space to explore that and discover what that is and, and really bring that to your work. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like that's been a, you know, go out. And if you're an entrepreneur, there, it probably means that there's going to be teams forming around you and this business is going to grow from you. And so if you are burnt out, thrashed, jaded, you know, that phase where you're so tired, you become hateful. You know, if you're in that state, you know, that's what's going to form around you. You're going to get burnt out, angry, jaded people around you and a culture like that around you. So at some point, this idea of working for your business by taking good care of yourself, by attending to your energy field, by it becomes critical to create an environment that people want to be involved in, that people want to drive in, that people want to work in, and it comes out of your field. And so I'm a, I'm a big one for that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you're, you talked about, you know, discovering what that means for you in, in your business. How, how are you finding now is the best use of your time and energy? How are you, 
And what are you finding to be a waste of your time? You touched a little bit on it, but I just wanted to explore that a bit further because I, I think that's one of the things that leads to more clarity and more success is when you get really clear about what you can bring to your business. Yeah, I think one of the one of the key things for me, just as an example, was to identify um, certain things that <laughs> – that because of the way I'm structured uh, seemed like a, like a grind for me. And yet for someone else, they felt super easy. So, you know, like, I, I, let me give you a silly example. Um, scheduling, scheduling is like, it's baffling to me. Uh, <laughs> what date, when, who, why. Okay. So I very quickly found that there were certain things that it, if it felt grueling to me, if it felt, uncertain to me, if it felt um, like a nightmare to me, it's because I wasn't meant to be doing it. And for a long time, I gave a ton of my energy to the things that I just wasn't meant to be doing. And my emotional state was showing me, this is not your unique contribution in the business. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to be a one, a one man who could do it all. And so, so I think, you know, the things that, that the things that feel like they're eating you are the things that you should uh, that the, the things that might be someone else's happy place. And if you can quickly work out what's unique that you bring, what only you can do, what your magic is, and and then find someone whose magic is scheduling and and grinding, you know, because a lot of people find huge calm in that. So that's been a, a thing for me to do is to find out where I'm not uniquely qualified for something and to actually understand that, where I'm feeling an emotional grind, it's not always, um, it's not just because, oh, you know, this is what you have to do, but maybe it's the business saying to me, well, this is not where you should be putting your energy. Um, and so as a content creator, I quickly realized that when I try and get into structuring, accounting, uh, all of that stuff, it, it hurts the content creation, which is where I have something really unique to bring to the business. So where is the best use of your energy? What do you do that really lights you up with in your business? Yeah, well, for me, it's um, I have to find ways to keep, uh, as a job, find ways to keep being interesting. Because one of the things that we do is when we when we go into a company, we have to bring a company or we're working with people, we want to bring a whole lot of perspectives. And so it's important for me to have explored different perspectives. So that's become a very important thing for me to track people with interesting perspectives, to find literature that's interesting, to get into experiential spaces that, that are different to me so I can learn about how people approach different things. Um, and out of that has come a very uh, – interesting relationship with creating content. It's important for me to capture thoughts, to capture uh, ideas, to capture uh, visions, because that is something that I, that feels very natural to me. It feels like something that it, it provides something unique that is unique to us. Um, another thing is for me to, to make sure that I have time working on my craft and my craft is working with people telling stories, um, connecting with people, uh, being in retreat spaces and tracking funnily enough. <laughs> so, you know, anytime I'm with people working in the group, I'm working on my craft and we're 
learning and we're finding ways to do it better and to help people transform. And so I'm really attentive to attending to that and not getting too dragged into the nuts and bolts, although it does require attention. But I, I know that what's unique about us is the connection points. Mm-hmm. Well, and you've been sharing those uh, perspectives in, uh, I mean, your book, Cathedral of the Wild, and you gave a TED Talk as well. That's it's a couple of the more public ways that you've been sharing uh, some of these new perspectives or different perspectives that you've um, had a chance to, to connect with. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, the TED Talk has been incredibly well received. It's well over a, a million and a half views now. The book, I still receive letters all the time. I've just started working on a second book about tracking your life. Uh, I'm going to go and talk at Google at the end of the month. Uh, but, you know, all of those sort of bigger events come out of a daily commitment to the work and to the message and to the craft. And so I, I'm less focused on sort of the next big public thing, and I'm more focused on making sure that I'm de- refining my thoughts and working on the authenticity and quality of myself and the message so that when those moments come, you're ready for them and, and they can have a bigger impact. But it, it, for me, that those bigger impact moments uh, come out of a daily practice of, of really exploring my own inner world, my own feelings, my own thoughts, and making sure that I learn a lot from other people uh, and, and I'm listening a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that you've touched on a little bit um, is the fact that this this journey has not been without its um, challenges. And of course, we all um, experience that as entrepreneurs, but sometimes it can sound like, oh, well, I had this idyllic experience. And, and in your case, you know, growing up in the African bush and, and you came to this work and now you're doing uh, all these wonderful things. It can sound like a, a smooth and uneventful in terms of, of, uh, of challenges kind of a path. So is there, what, what happens when you come up against an obstacle or, or a challenge? Can you give us an example of, of how you were able to work through that in a way that you think has really, uh, been, been beneficial for you and, and for your business as well? Yeah, I mean, I, the first thing that I should say is I think I'm always working through that. You know, I'm I'm under no illusions that I've sort of arrived in any great way. I'm always uh, running up against small challenges, big challenges. You know, one one that is ongoing is how do you how do you keep growing your work? How do you you know how do you how do you find your way into more opportunities? to share and it's and you can have days and weeks sometimes where you know the phone's not ringing no one wants to talk to you no one wants you to come and speak you don't have a workshop scheduled you don't so you know it's always it's always a, a challenge to keep growing it and and so yes i don't think that goes away particularly in my line of work where you're you're really building the business of having something to share um, and so, so certainly there's ongoing challenges in that arena and you can see sort of bumps in, in interest in you, uh, but it's a big world out there and, and to get yourself out there is something that, that there was times, particularly around the speaking where I was like, you know, I would say yes to anything, but 
you know, where do I start? Do I go down to the street corner? No one's, I don't have a talk <laughs> book for a while. I mean, how, what do you do? Um, you, and, and I think sometimes w- where I went wrong at those times was I went maybe into perseveration around, you know, what should I do? I don't know how to do this instead of attending to the things that did make me feel stronger, that did make me feel more clear. Uh, so I had to learn to shift my attention away from the, I don't know how to build this. Nothing's happening. How do I, how do I get more on the roster and to say, you know, the way to get more on the roster is to, is to focus more on having something truly unique to say and just start sharing it wherever you can and to be okay to let it build slowly and to let the momentum build. But when that call does come for you to go and, and show up somewhere, you better not have wasted your time perseverating about how it wasn't happening. You better have spent that time really delving into uh, something unique and beautiful and powerful and transformational to share. I think that's such an important point, and thank you for raising that, that that persevering, that kind of, I have to just keep going, I have to, you know, keep keep responding to emails or I have to keep doing something rather than stepping back and, and really focusing on what it is that you have to offer and, and developing that further. Uh, I think, and you know, just yeah, go ahead to step. Yeah. Known a little bit with it. You know, I, I, I sat down one day and I wrote a story and it was not a story that would be, that I thought would be published. It was not a story for a book. It was not a story. It was not a story that was going anywhere on the day I sat down to write it. And, you know, I'm sort of writing into this, into this abyss of, I don't know why I'm putting my energy into this, but something inside me is saying, you know, this is today, this is your track, write the story. And then six months later, I'm at a conference and the story comes out and it's the, it's the story. And because I've spent that day writing and exploring my own thinking around the story into this empty space on that day, when it comes out, it. It is the, the story that swings the momentum towards me. It's the story that touches people. It's the story that, that really moves people. And it came out of, you know, just the willingness to show up six months ago for no apparent reason except you were called to. And so I think it's very important to know that sometimes you'll be called to something and you're not going to know where that will be manifest. But if you're, you know, manifest in a way that is meaningful – um, but it will come if you're called to it, there will be a reason for it. And all of it is adding to the way that you bring yourself to things. So, yeah, that's a wonderful way to put it. And, uh, I, I wonder what is in your, in all of your learning and, and what you've come to so far, what, what piece of advice or insight would you share with someone who's saying, I want to have my own impact. I want to contribute positively in my own way. How can I go about doing that? How can I positively influence things? What would you say to them? Uh, I would say two things. I would say in in simple terms, um, find, if you can imagine your sort of, your being and your spirit as a sort of current, you know, uh, let's let's imagine it like like the stream of a river. And if you can find the things in your life that bring that stream into a, a sharp, forceful current, uh, into something that can really cut, cut a groove through the landscape, if you can find what focuses you 
in a very deep way, and I mean focuses your being, not what you should be doing, but what really speaks to you and brings you to yourself, brings you to aliveness, brings you to 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 this current of energy in yourself, uh, and start to really see what those things are that do that. And then at the same time, if you can notice what dissipates you, where the places where you feel not strong, not yourself, not in touch with yourself, not and, and notice what those are. And if you just start to notice those two things, you're going to start to find the tracks to, to the things that make you truly unique and and the things that bring you to the, a powerful current. And then those various different things are going to be the foundation that need to be sort of strung together to create a powerful impact. They're going to be the the, the core of what's unique about you, what's essential about you. And I always believe that what's most essential about you brought forth is what's going to be most powerful. So I would say the first thing is really you have to notice what dissipates you and what makes you strong. And then the second thing is, is, you know, just be the sort of person who wherever you are, things get better. You know, I think for an entrepreneur and, and for me, it's, that's been a cause just to ask myself is if I'm in this, am I making this environment better for everyone else? Because if I'm making this environment better, wherever I go, uh, and I'm making it just slightly more ordered and more exciting, more joyful. Well, then, then the momentum will, will come for it, itself. You know? Well, it's really about how you show up every day, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've definitely been guilty of not showing up at times. And, but I, I was lucky that I started to notice the things I do when I'm not showing up. And I notice the things I do when I am showing up. And, and that's given me a way to, to calibrate towards uh, showing up, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Boyd, thank you so much for sharing your perspectives. I, uh, you really are f- so focused on this. Uh, not just restoration of the land, but also self-restoration and, and working with people to do that. I think that we're, we have become so con- disconnected as a society. So helping us connect to ourselves is really part of connecting to each other and, and contributing to that. So thank you for your contribution in that and, and for sharing that with us today. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's such a pleasure to explore these ideas together in in the village consciousness and you know thank you for sharing this and and it'll be so great to to see if there's something in in here for someone else and uh yeah i really appreciate being able to have the conversation well me too and i uh, i'm always excited about that too what's this going to provoke or or inspire someone else to do so if if people want to get in touch with you what's the best way for them to reach you uh, the best way is to get a hold of me at boydvati.com at, on my website. Um, I'm also on the various social platforms, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook as Boydvati. You can find me there. But the best is boydvati.com uh, onto, straight onto my website, and, and we can be in touch from there. Okay, great. Well, thank you again, Boyd, for the work that you're doing in the world. Um, it's, it's inspiring, and uh, I'm, I'm really glad to have had this chance to explore that with you today. Thanks, Ursula. Have an absolutely wonderful day. Thank you. You too. 
So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.